everyone. Welcome back to Colombian Influence. This is a podcast where we talk about adoption using our own experiences as adoptees as well as others in the community. I guess if you're new here, welcome. I am Erica. I don't think we've really ever introduced yeah, ourselves. Been in a while. No. And so if you're new, I'm Erica. This is I'm Risa. Risa. Yes. My co-host. Yeah. We're both adopted from Bogota, Colombia. And we are doing a book club series. So we are on the second part of The Primal Wound, and we are going to start with Chapter 5. I'm ready for Part 2. Um, there, I feel like actually when we started Part 2, it was, uh, as far as subject matter, it is very like, I mean, because it's kind of talking more about, I don't know, I think we got more vibes as far as other parts of the triad versus mm-hmm. just the adoptees. So I'm excited to kind of talk about this and see... What comes of the conversation? So let's dive into part two, which is titled The Manifestations. Uh, And chapter five that we're starting with is Love, Trust, and the Adoptive Mother. So seatbelt, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) And I noticed these two chapters are a little bit longer than the other ones. Yeah. And I don't know why that is, if that's going to be how it is for the rest of the book. But I did notice that. So... Bear with us if it goes a little bit longer than our normal half an hour session, but we are excited. I guess to start off, part two in the book, before we even jump into chapter five, Mm -hmm. I saw two quotes that I really thought were good. Um, The first one was, I am adopted. You wouldn't know it to meet me, which is very interesting. Like when I Mm -hmm. look at you, I don't know you're adopted. Mm -hmm. And we have noticed that with the community too, like we have got in contact with so many people who are adopted who we had no idea. Even when we used to work together, we had like oh, five yeah. people in our own Oh, yeah, family. I remember our department actually finally was not uh, like a minority as far as, or like adoptees weren't the minority. Mm-hmm. I remember telling my uncle that once at Thanksgiving, he was like, what? Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. Like it, it kind of is, you know, like, yeah, I'll take that. That's a really cool element of, you know, our last workplace where we met was just our department was being you know, overrun by adoptees, which yeah. is a really I big surprise. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. And then another one there, I mean, it's a longer little introduction to the next section, but then it also stated the adopted child will never or can never grow up. Who has ever heard of an adult adoptee? Mm-hmm. I remember re- reading that also and just being like, well, here we are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is what we will do with so this. You so you hear about us now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I guess we'll just jump into chapter five then. Yes, I love. Oh, actually, yeah, at the bottom, who has heard of us? Yeah, is what I wrote here. I was like, what is happening here? So very interesting. And I guess it kind of goes back to what you said about it being a longer, or the chapters being longer because the intro is pretty lengthy as yeah. well. Yeah, I like, thought I was reading the chapter, and I'm like, so did oh, I. Wait, I was this like, is oh, not man. it. There's more. Okay, well, let's dive into chapter five. Uh, we had a lot of things, and typically, how we're kind of. Going through it is just talking about, like, what sticks out to us. And I think this first chapter we had some similar... Actually, both of these. Like, there are a lot that we... Some stuck out that were the same. Some that were really different. But um, should we start at the first section? The limitations of the adoptive mother? Yeah. We both had things on this section. Mm -hmm. And I think... um... This is also going to be one of, it's going to start off off right away with one of the questions that I had. Yeah, let's dive was, into that. <clears throat> so it talks about the adoptive parents mostly kind of in this chapter and how they've been waiting for a baby. But at a point in time, like they're not, they're at a disadvantage because of these four 
areas of concern. Mm-hmm. And pretty much they go through the areas the mother has not had the benefit of the 40 weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, neither parent has been alerted to the fact that the baby has suffered trauma upon having been separated from their biological mother. Most adoptive parents have not dealt with their feelings or own losses, including the loss of fertility, which is a very interesting a factor. Big one too. And that is a huge one. And then those who have already had biological children may not have adequately explored their reasons for wanting to adopt. Mm-hmm. So I guess the main question, and we'll definitely have this in our question points um, throughout a next post on Facebook and Instagram for you guys to discuss with us, but do adoptive parents, do adoptive parents agree with the four areas of concern, not being aware of those different areas of either your own loss, um, the trauma behind a baby and being separated from her, him, him, her, my God. (laughs) His or her. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> being separated for from his or her birth mother. Um, just kind of what are your thoughts on that? Because, of course, we're not adoptive parents. We don't know that mm-hmm. portion of adoption. And so that would be a very interesting question. So we'd love to hear from you and hear your perspective on that. Absolutely. And that was page one. Yeah, page one. Oh, gosh, I love when these chapters yeah. are just like right off the bat, like, hey, here's some a great nugget of knowledge. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was really interesting, just the way that it can... I don't know, that it was so blatant, like, hi, here are the four things. And, you know, it makes it, I think, really, you know, a good way to separate it and talk Mm -hmm. about it. So I like the way that this book is able to do that. Um, And I guess just kind of with that first section, it's kind of talking about or leading you into the rest of the chapter, saying uh, with things relating to your biological parents or especially the biological or the adoptive parents. I'm sorry, I misspoke. Um, Going into that. I underlined at the bottom of page 54, just kind of talking about how, like, a mother can't be trusted because she may be an abandoner. Yes, I have that part, too. Yeah, and I think it's, like, this whole chapter was just really interesting with the way that it separated those two in a way that I didn't really realize was different, but it is. So that's kind of one element of you know, the end of that first section, mm-hmm. um, which I know... We jumped in right to the next section. We both felt like that one was big. Who is the abandoner is the next portion. Mm-hmm. And which... I think that goes into what we've spoken on before is love mm-hmm. equals abandonment. Exactly. Because it says the child confuses the adopting mother with the abandoned mother and mistakes the term adoption for, for abandonment. abandonment. Mm-hmm. That's very interesting to me. Which the next sentence, because I had a bunch of notes, a bunch of arrows pointing to this. Here again, the problem is seen as an intellectual dilemma rather than as inner confusion. And I wrote at the top, learned experiences become actual reaction. Um, because that's kind of how it turns out to be. This is There's just like a lot of stuff discussed in here with that. Um, and also just discussing the confusion between the two. One paragraph that I just kind of marked completely was stating that this confusion is further noticed as adoptees alternately refer to their biological mothers and their adoptive mothers as the real mother. My observation has been that the term real is consciously for the adoptive mother. My real parents are the parents who raised me. (laughs) Yet as adoptees become more relaxed when they say real mother, they mean the biological mother. I love my adoptive parents, but I need to find my real mother. I have never used the term real. Real parent, real mother, real. 
I think I learned somewhere early on that that was like not right or whatever, yeah. where I was just like, this is, this, I don't like that. And that's what I started. That was probably mm-hmm. the first thing that I would correct people by when they would oh, find out I was like, absolutely. Because they'd always ask, so who's your real parents? It's like, oh. well, let me break we it down. We can unpack that all day. Yeah. <laughs> the feelings behind that. Yeah. It's just not, you know. Yeah, I hate accurate. when people say that. Yeah. I thought that paragraph was just really interesting, mm-hmm. though, just the way that it's, it, it goes both ways. It does. And it's, it's such a weird specific thing that nobody besides adoptees get because they always, we all get that question. Oh, for sure. I don't sure. think I've ever met an adoptee where they've said, oh, I've never heard somebody say that. Like, mm-hmm. that's never happened ever. Um, let's see. So then moving on into the rest of it, I, the next chunk for me that really stuck out was on being special. Uh, and just feeling like <laughs> the need to be perfect and talking about yes. when people say like, well, doesn't adoption make you feel so special and great because you were chosen? That's literally what it says. Exactly. Someone says being chosen means being special. And yep. what does special mean? Like, <laughs> and honest, and I think that that is a potentially really toxic conversation or something to be said when people don't understand mm-hmm. adoption because it just... It adds pressure, I think, and also it almost is kind of like, okay, yeah, all right, we can pretend I was specifically chosen by this family mm-hmm. or God or whatever you want to call it, like whatever you want to say is chosen, but you're also chosen to be abandoned by your birth mother. Like, yeah. sorry to add it in that heavy way, but it's very true. And that actually says this need to be special can put a great deal of pressure on the child mm-hmm. to live up basically to those expectations, which are often unattainable. Um, The next chapter or the next section of the chapter talking about that is, um, let's see, what did I note here? What's so complicated is feeling chosen with just infant traits. What if I grow into a person you're ashamed of or I don't fit into your mold? I talked about that, I think, later in the chapter. Yeah, on page 65, it kind of talks about it kind of, you know, this whole chapter obviously is kind of the whole situation mm-hmm. of this and feeling perfect and feel like you fit in with your family or adoptive family. And it's just. Yeah. I actually just found it's the, so hard to know that almost exact quote being chosen by your adoptive parents doesn't mean anything compared to being unchosen by your birth mother. Yes. And for me, this section was the biggest one in this whole chapter was everything is underlined. I wrote SOS, <laughs> just my existence, you know, noted over here. So that for me really stuck out. I don't know if that's something that you connect with as much or that you think about on a daily basis. Like And this one I had, curious. I definitely underlined and I think being chosen and being talked about as being special, I've definitely had that come into play. Mm-hmm. And at times I do feel special and I don't know if that's just because like, I'm very lovable and easy to get along with. Yeah, you are, girl. (laughs) But, like, with family, I just, it's hard to know. Like, is it because they genuinely like me or is it because I'm adopted and they're trying to make me feel... Overcompensating kind of thing? Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, you'll never know, but, like... Which, I mean, when it comes down to, like, actually answering that question, obviously your family members, whether it's immediate or extended, are not being, like... Oh, Erica's adopted. We got to make sure she feels good about it. You know what I mean? Like that obviously is not something that they're even probably subconsciously thinking at all. Because, you know, you're in your 20s now. You've been in in the family for so long. Exactly. That would not be a question. It would be very different if that were the case. So, I mean, obviously when you're thinking about it that way, 
we can answer that question. Mm-hmm. But it's still... Uh, I've never thought about out. being unchosen by my birth mom. I don't know that I thought about it before this. It kind of just more so put it into words. Yeah. Because I always felt, before reading this book and before you and I started this podcast and talking about this mm-hmm. all the time, I always felt a little weird and didn't quite know how to be like, to answer when people would say like, well, isn't it cool that you're chosen? I'm like, <laughs> like, rocking on thin ice a little bit. Yeah. Like, it doesn't it's really just not feel the right. Words. No, yeah. and it just makes you feel a little like, well... Are you really? Mm-hmm. Really? Like I don't know about that. And it's interesting because yeah. you're from what An we found from our also. that and what we found from our conversations with both of our um, adoptive parents, mm-hmm. they didn't even get to choose us. Well, yeah. So you're not even really chosen. It's not like you're in a you're like just, you, okay. I don't know how you're randomly picked, but like, I mean, I picture this. We're now this age. You can fast forward. Maybe there's technology like this one day. You can fast forward, have an interview with your adult child, and be like, oh, you'd fit in well. That'd be great. Mm-hmm. But you're a baby without speaking any language, let alone English, especially if you're an international adoptee. It's like yeah. there's literally nothing to know that they fit into your life perfectly in the way that you would hope or really in any yeah. way so it's like that's not like it's a pick and choose with right. so many different things so and it's kind of like just know. having a baby you don't know if like what they're gonna you, you know obviously they're gonna get some of your traits things like that mm-hmm. but they're still their own person yeah so <laughs> it's not very different yeah it's kind of just a weird abstract thing to think about yeah um let's see i don't think either of us for a couple chapters yours the next was the love is dangerous love is dangerous yeah element i didn't note really much i just starred the whole thing because i had nothing specific to say besides like yes yes it is dangerous yeah i just lightly (laughs) i think what really stuck out to me was on page 62 and it kind of jumps into the next section to the relationship with the father, which I know we both have We've talked about, yeah, talked about and have underlined and things that we want to discuss, mm. but mostly it was talking about how this girl cannot fully connect, quite connect to her adopted mother. And she mm-hmm. doesn't know why she sometimes just, you know, gets angry and she has no Mm -hmm. reason for it. Literally no reason for it. And she said, I just cannot discuss intimate feelings with her, which is really interesting because it takes me a while to do stuff like that. Like Mm -hmm. growing up, I didn't want to ask her about certain things. And why is that? I don't know. So I thought that was very interesting and very accurate. But then it also a little bit, you know, a little bit farther down talking about those things and or like difficult conversations they always are very deep conversations they always end up in arguments or like mm-hmm. i'd always end up mad maybe because i'm just trying to shield myself but i'd always get upset mm. and then it talked about how the distance if you were talking on the phone i love talking on the phone with my mom that distance provided by the phone gave like her safety? security Interesting. and i relate to that so much that's really interesting mm-hmm. and i guess and I know we've kind of both experienced that where we're obviously very close to their parents now, you know, being Absolutely. in our late 20s. Obviously, that's very different. And I guess for me, I, I'm i not sure if your brother had maybe a close, did he have any closer relationship to your mom growing up as far as talking about stuff? Or I would say no. Okay. I'm, I'm pretty sure, hard to say. I guess we never really, we're so 
different in age and mm. being a boy and being a girl, like yeah. different things, you know, you go to different, I feel like Parents genders for. Yeah. yeah. So it's hard to you say. You a different dynamic than I do. I yeah. personally, when it comes to that, it's like, I knew my sister so much closer to my mom growing up. Interesting. I knew that like thousand percent. And to this day, my sister tells my mom literally everything. And I don't, but it's also like, I don't feel like I need to. And it's not like you're and not doing it on purpose. It's just. No, but obviously, yeah. again, like being in my late 20s, like I see my parents all the time. They live very close. Mm-hmm. And my sister doesn't live nearly as close. So it's like, I've obviously grown into more of that. But it's still, when we were growing up, it was like, wow, this is like night and day. Mm-hmm. I I just don't feel like I want to. To or can I don't know. Yeah, and I guess you might not even be able to answer this question, but do you think since she was so close to your mom, you just gravitated to your dad? Not necessarily, because yeah. the stuff that I didn't talk to my mom about, I didn't just talk to my dad about. So exactly, it was just kind of like, like that okay, too. he just lets me be a goof and yes, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that jumps literally right into the, the next, next tra- thing, section, yeah, where it says. It's about the relationship with the father. Yeah, and we've talked about this, I believe it was in episode two or three, where we were really yeah. going to break it down. So this is on page 62 and 63. Yeah. Um, one part that I underlined was, some adoptees find it easier to, ne- to connect with their fathers than their mothers. Frequently, however, fathers are either absent or emotionally distant, placing most of the responsibility for their child's emotions and well-being on the mother, which makes sense. What you just said, being fun, free, you know, yeah, just... It was- yeah. yeah. Which is funny because immediately after that, I <laughs> underlined the next sentence. For those whose fathers are not distant, their relationship seems more straightforward and easier to define than with the mother. I, so it's kind of like less emotional, less like yes. murky waters as far as what it is. It was just like lighthearted and fun. and Absolutely. I can blame my dad for my Taco Bell addiction. So I think that's <laughs> really beautiful. <laughs> it's just so interesting. And yeah. I think, I guess, I didn't have anything much more on that section. I didn't either. It was more so just validating what you and I have talked about Mm -hmm. in the past. And I think something else another previous chapter had kind of talked about, but this is very much, you know, specific with the difference of, um, you know, your parental relationships. Yeah. So I thought that was really interesting. Uh, Let's see. The next one was talking about, like, withdrawal and acting out. Um, That was one that stuck out to me. Mm Um, let me see. This section was just kind of talking about like anger, hostility, anxiety, outbursts, things like that, and how you don't feel yourself or like people saying you acting out isn't being yourself, but it's in fact like really the true core of who you are, like when you're younger, if you're yeah. acting out, which didn't necessarily, I guess, really stick out, but it was saying, um, you can't express those feelings for fear of rejection. And basically the false self, which we discussed in a way earlier episode, mm-hmm. I think maybe episode or chapter two, is that the false self may seem a matter of survival, mm-hmm. which really stuck out to me. And same with uh, a little excerpt they have about a specific adoptee that um, is talking about adoption in therapy. And this made me so it. mad. I just put wow in an angry face. Oh, really? Yeah. Why and because why? he dismissed that it's oh because it was a good adoption or yeah good, and it's like un, unimportant <laughs> like yeah. no that one was interesting because I uh, wrote down I didn't talk about 
there, or I didn't talk about my adoption really in depth in therapy until I was 27, mm. which is like almost two years ago, but like. And I never I talked barely, about it. No, it was about a year ago. Yeah. And I never talked about it until the moment I was going to go be my birth mom. Yeah. I mean, it kind of makes I'm sense. I'm like, well, got to get prepared for this. Yeah. It's going to screw me up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's just sad how many people can't fully be themselves more than mm -hmm. I ever experienced it. So I can't really touch too deep on it. I think that's why I didn't have too much underlined, but the next section, it's it funny because you wrote down that this next section, you had some things stick out, which I jotted down EP question mark yeah. in this section. Be like, Erica, is this you? So well, I'm curious to hear what you say, what you have to say about the section. The nurturing mother is the next section. Yeah, And I think with this, um, Pretty much the first sentence, it says, despite the limitations placed upon the adoptive mother, she can and does make a big difference in the life of her child. And then it goes on about all the things she does, um, skin knees, homework, feeds them, rocks them, kisses them. And pretty much, I just, it was like, wow, yes, you know, huge shout out to my mom, my adoptive mom, because she did hold it all together, even though those emotional parts were a little bit harder she was there every step of the way. So I think mm -hmm. that was just like part of the triad that I I had a hard time understanding when I was younger. But I'm, yeah. yeah, absolutely. And just so appreciative of her now. I think that's pretty much where I was going on with that. Not much otherwise birth mom, you know, that connection. Well, but. I guess I have a question then because this second part of it is ask or like saying that after being reunited with birth mothers, that despite having that pain they felt like they've been given be better opportunities than they would have had. And so now it's like that kind of. I highlighted that. Settles out a little bit with your adoptive mom. Yeah. Do you Absolutely. Of, okay. That's interesting. And, and it's hard to know if that was because I'm just coming out of my teen years. I mean, yeah, it can be. Or so many. <laughs> because I'm <laughs> at that my was birth a rough mom. time for everybody. But yeah. I, I do agree. I think just seeing, you know, hearing both sides of the stories, understanding it all, understanding, you know, all the opportunities and situations I could have been in and are I am in now it, mm -hmm. it didn't open my eyes absolutely yeah. so that's a very interesting point but that was all I really had off that section okay so like then yeah I mean honestly for me that was pretty much let's see da, 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 da. oh the one extra thing that I mentioned here let me see five I guess I didn't add it here but um, at the bottom of page 65, it, this was in the section, the right to selfhood, uh, which again is kind of discussed a lot in the earlier chapters also, but it says, um, in my conversations with adoptees and their parents, it is clear that sometimes the adoptees perceptions are correct. And sometimes they are more of a reflection of their own feelings of inadequacy, which they are projecting upon their parents. I'm sure that has a huge impact. And I'm sure that had an impact on me. Like, I'm, yeah. I, I can almost guarantee that that was part of it, was just the fact that I was like, well, I don't fit into this mold. I'm not X, Y, and Z. Sorry, not sorry, but also please don't hate me. You know, yeah. it's like that's kind of how it feels reading it and just being, that makes so much sense to me. Absolutely. And I, I kind of just made it. would be really hard for people to identify, especially as like yes. maybe you being a teenager or Either of us. Yeah. Well, I just wrote on here, because a lot of this was talking about um, just interests between the adoptive parents. Mm. And I was just like, thankfully, my views and interests matched my family's. I've always thought it would just happen that way. But from reading this, it's not always the case. And it's just 
We lucked out. <laughs> we, I mean, honestly, and I just can't imagine, you know, really not, if I didn't, if I love sports and they didn't, like, what would I do? Like, you probably would hinder yourself. Which you also, wouldn't do that. Which also kind of goes back to our continuing conversation about nature versus nurture, because yeah. you probably wouldn't have had the same opportunities to develop, you know, your athleticism yeah, so, as a kid in Columbia, for instance. So yeah. you had that opportunity. That's part of it. But they helped you thrive with that. Absolutely. Or what if they hated sports? Would I have ever been in sports? Like, it's just interesting mm-hmm. if that if that was truly who I was and had the athletic ability, it would have came out no matter what. Or is it because they're a huge sports family? We See, I th- and I th- obviously go about that a different side because, like, we, my sister and I both did sports a little bit in high school and I was a runner for a long time, but then I had that leg condition mm-hmm. that really messed things up. But I was obviously musical from, I don't know, when I was like three, I was singing in the back seat of the car all the time. And I think that's very different because ve- that's and I mean, something thank that's, God yeah. my family was theater people. Because if my dad was like, you will be in sports, I'd be like, no, thank you. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't. Nope. We will not like waste this. The singing voice in a locker room. Yeah. I refuse. So, <laughs> but I think it's, and I think that that's kind of just a really cool coincidence for both of us. And I think for me, it's like, all right, my parents love to come to my theater and choir stuff. Thank goodness they do. Because mm-hmm. that's what I would be into regardless. Because I feel like that that's just like a natural thing. Although it was nurtured by them, it was very much like, all right. Very interesting. It's here. So, yeah, yeah I thought that that was really interesting. It's, it feels like. The beginning of this second section, I feel a very different vibe. Absolutely. Because I'm, like, trying to understand something different. And it's it, it's just kind of also interesting going through it and seeing how few, fewer, I should say, notes compared to the last chapters. Because I was, like, there was less, like, oh, my gosh, this is so validating. It was more, like, oh, okay, that makes sense. And kind of trying to get into thinking about the other parts of the triad. Yes, that's literally what I put part of the summary. Oh my gosh, really? <laughs> the last paragraph, it it just talks about how difficult it is for the adoptive mother of the newborn baby to mm. take on this concept of the primal wound. And it has it's a big chapter, or excuse me, big paragraph. So mm. all I put was a huge arrow that said, this last paragraph really hits deep with all three um people in the triad yeah and i just said i'm so sorry mom you did more for me than i ever could imagine like that was just like a little mm-hmm. note because i know i made it difficult but it's difficult for her like i just couldn't even imagine it's already difficult to have a baby but on top of the trauma the, the things those four oh yeah the four scenarios yeah they called them at the beginning yeah that you didn't know you were getting into or didn't know you were even processing yourself it's just very interesting so again i'd love 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 to hear from more adoptive mothers um, parents, fathers, your take on it, your views, that would be super interesting for me to just kind of understand your side of the story. And just talking about those four, um, what are we calling them? Four areas of concern, if we want to call them that. Obviously, concern not having a negative uh, negative connotation. But and I, I'm kind of just doing this on the fly. But I would like to suggest that if there are adoptive parents listening to this, if, or uh, especially hopeful adoptive parents, writing those four down, keeping those in a spot where you can go back and reflect on them just as those four points, Mm -hmm. rather than being like, I need to study this book cover to cover and figure everything out. It's like, 
what are your reflections of these four things as you're either going through this process or as you have an adoptive child growing up? It's like, I think that those four things, they nail it. On, they nail it on I, the head. It's and It's every aspect of it. It's perfect. Yeah. I think those would be really beneficial just to not get overloaded. So, I mean, I think that can be something that we put out as a resource and publish as mm-hmm. just specifically like, hey, what about these four things? What yes. are we thinking about them? And just as you're progressing in, you know, certain things, like just to give it a different perspective, mm-hmm. you know, when it comes to either your child as they're growing up or before you, you've even adopted your child, having that be a constant kind of train of thought. Mm-hmm. Or even talked about, you didn't even think about adoption. So what if you were never even thinking about adoption? How would you come around you those imagine scenarios? That if you adopted and it was kind of out of nowhere because you just assumed you would be able to Like people naturally. our age, yeah. you know, we're starting, some of our friends are starting to have children more in their 30s now, which is more and it's common. it's very much assumed or hoped that you will be able to, and you don't really have to face that until you can't. Absolutely. Like why, I mean, why would you? Yeah. You really don't have to. So. And I guess these discussion questions are things you can comment on multiple times because yeah. the scenarios, the situations, they're ever changing. Yeah. And we've noticed that with some of these questions. Like, before, I'd be like, I think I was this way, but now I'm this way, you know? It goes back to us reading it the first time and now. Absolutely. Okay, so brief overview. How did this make you feel? (sighs) Let's see. I took some notes. Um, Let's see. Do you want me to go first? Yeah, you go first. I'm like, hmm. Okay, so for me, I think it really made me feel a little sad for the adoptive parents. And... I know our podcast is mostly about adoptees and just getting our voices out there, especially adult adoptees who get just looked over. Um, And I know a lot of people will disagree or hate that I even say this, but I think my adoptive parents did and still does a lot for me. And it really made me realize the triad of adoption, meaning, you know, the birth mom, the adoptive parents, the adoptee, Mm -hmm. just that. Everyone has some type of pain. It's not all the same, and adoptees definitely feel it harder and more um, lifelong, I would say, because adoptive parents, you know, you you don't have it. You have it with the infant, and I don't think once you're an adult adoptee, again, you're just overlooked. Yeah, and you're still that's going a really through good all point. of those things. Yeah. And so just, you know, granted, again, the adoptees have the hardest part, and I think a lot of other adoptees have a much harder situation than we have and I can't speak on every situation and I feel even worse for those people because I know in in a sense we did get lucky and I never want to downplay you know your feelings if you had awful birth parents or adoptive parents I couldn't imagine having that burden on top of already all the the different emotions and feeling (laughs) feelings that you've already had Mm -hmm. so um I guess I just want to Praise my adoptive parents for doing the best they could because it's it was difficult. And mm-hmm. even if they didn't know the exact meaning behind it and if they're learning it now, even though I'm a, an adult, um, they had some type of struggle. And, you know, it, it that's kind of interesting. It just opened my eyes to the triad. Mm-hmm. I I get really – I do get what, you're, what you mean by those feelings. Because um, for me, it was like when reading this, I would think about – how I not even acted, reacted, uh, 
either like growing up or even still do now um, that might be harming myself or my relationship with the loving family that I was provided with. Mm-hmm. And obviously this is in no way to harp on the past or like call anybody out, but it was, I was just thinking about ways that things could have been gone about in a different or better way just because it was laying out what people can do for a different Absolutely. or better kind of positive thing. But, and I, I, I don't know. It's like, I also wouldn't necessarily change anything. It would have changed things now, but it's also, I'm in a really good place right now with my family. So it's like, again, it's no element of being like, well, shame on you. You did mm-hmm. this wrong. It's like, well, you know, uh, social media or like production like this didn't exist back then. This wasn't as openly talked about. So it's kind of just neither here nor there. Um, And obviously there's no element to the work in this podcast and talking through each chapter where I I want to shame any adoptive parents or that are truly trying their best Mm -hmm. and loving their child that was adopted as they would a child that they had biologically. So for me, this was really just a chapter that validated my negative thoughts of being you know, too inadequate to exist in this life that I was given, let alone the world at all is what I wrote. And then I put in parentheses, big yikes, because that's just kind of like where it left me. Because after I read your notes here, mm-hmm. I was like, huh, <laughs> like it was Our really interesting. So different. Yeah. But it's like, cause I get what you're saying. And I think that this was the first time it, the first time the book was really like, Hey, so let's zoom in on the adoptive parents. How do they, how are they dealing with all of this? Mm-hmm. And it was the first time I really had to think about it. And it was just like, I can, I can connect with that. I can connect with that. It's less so just like validating as far as like putting a name to a feeling as it is just saying, yep, this happened. Yep. This makes mm-hmm. sense. I guess I'm just glad where I'm at now. Yeah. That's kind of, that is the perfect way to put it. Yeah. I think that that's, kind of where this one left me it was Mm -hmm. kind of more is what it is (laughs) but not in a negative way like I said wow (laughs) big yikes big yikes (laughs) that's what I always got going on there is just when there's a big thought I'm like whoa um I guess as far as the questions here that we you know want to discuss we've obviously mentioned the four areas of concern and I guess kind of just to put it blatantly, like do adoptive parents agree with those four areas of concern um, as far as around not being aware? And I guess just to review those one more time, I suppose, just to name them again. Um, the first one being the mother has not had the benefit of the 40-week preparation period of gestation. Neither parent may have been alerted to the fact that their baby has suffered a trauma upon being separated from his biological mother. Most adoptive parents have not dealt with their feelings about their own losses, i.e. fertility. And those who already have biological children may not have have adequately explored their reasons for wanting to adopt or the impact this will have on their family life. And if there's more points that you have talked about, that would be very interesting too. Mm -hmm. Like, Do you have other points where it's like, this is also my concern? Things like that would be another good thing to put in the discussion it's literally open for whatever and however you feel Uh, and then our (laughs) second uh discussion question is and i guess we'll start with asking you how does the term real parents make you feel as an adoptee oh i hate it (laughs) i I, i've always hated that question and it's like well i don't know 
they'll ask, are, are your adoptive parents your real parents? Well, yeah, they raised me. Well, is your birth mom your real mom? Well, yeah, she gave birth to me. You know, it's like. See, I guess I don't get it ever that way. It's more like, have you met your real parents? I'm like. I've gotten always, literally, like, have you met your real birth oh, mom? Yeah. Have you, are those your real parents over there? Or where's your real parents? Or, mm, you know, yeah. all of those different areas of where it could happen. I've gotten them all. And I just, it's not the correct way to ask. Mm-hmm. And it's like, would you, I don't know if you had, I guess to just put it in a different perspective, if you are someone who has their biological parents nearby. And like, I always try to think about it in the other perspective is like, with Mother's Day coming up, for instance, it's like, if your mother passed away a long time ago, or even recently or something like that, like, ooh, what are you and your mom doing for Mother's Day? How does that make you feel? Yeah. Put it in that perspective. That is asking an adoptee that kind of question or that kind of vibe of things is so much like, I don't know, if you imagine that and don't have your mom around, it's like punch to the gut is just so Mm -hmm. intense as far as like, oh, she's not here. Like, that's what I immediately think of is like, oh. So if somebody says like, oh, have you met your real mom? It's like. We went to brunch the other day. It was pretty awesome. Like, I see my real mom all the time because she's my mom. Like, yeah. what's your question? You know, that's kind of how I put it or kind of feel about it. And I think I think more people are coming around to it. And I kind of now, especially when people are like, oh, well, have you met your real parents? I'm like, it's actually bio parents. It's mm-hmm. biological because they're my biological parents. My real parents are who raised me yeah. and that I have a relationship with now. And it's very, I'm very stern about mm-hmm. it and just kind of like, you're, you're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Let me call you out real quick. Yeah. I don't, I don't like it. And if no. you're unsure of what to say, either say adopted parents, biological parents, those are the correct terms to use. Yep. And then you'll feel us out. We'll get more comfortable. Like those are my parents. That's probably what you'll hear us say. Yeah. I mean, I never say, oh, those are my adopted parents over there. <laughs> like that seems odd. <laughs> no. Yeah, absolutely not. So, well. Thank you so much for joining us with the Chapter 5 Book Club series. Yeah, it was a good uh, discussion for this. And we're obviously getting into our second section of The Primal Wound. So if you haven't already, be sure to get this book and follow along with us. Um, Check out our discussion questions if uh, you have any that you want to add to see if others have any, um, you know, contribution to that conversation. Or if you want to send us questions as far as how we felt about this or anything along those lines you can find us um on all social media columbianinfluence.com or just facebook instagram all those good things where can they get the book we're gonna get the book (laughs) oh my gosh they can go to our bookshop at bookshop.org and find i know isn't that crazy (laughs) however what i recommend go to columbianinfluence.com c-o-l-o-m-b-i-a-n influence.com go to resources go to our bookshop and you can buy primal wound from our bookshop part of the proceeds will go um to local bookshops exclusively as well as a small stipend for us so just to keep our um production and everything going and bringing you guys good content so (laughs) be sure to purchase it that way if you can um but we will uh move on to the next chapter shortly so Until next time. Later. Bye.